when he's here in such a mighty way. Oh, he's here on purpose. Oh, he's here on purpose. He's here on purpose. Oh, don't you love his presence? Oh, God, oh, God. Thank you, Jesus. 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 Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, brother and sister Tamara, for allowing us to be here tonight. Glad my wife is here with me. Glad my girls are here with me. Glad my girls are with me. Candace turned one, and uh, Tavia's five. She just turned five. And the Lord filled her with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. baptized her in Jesus' name. That's what life is about. I don't want to trade what I what I feel. I can't I can't leave that. Oh my, I couldn't leave that for nothing. Because when the whole world has passed away, this is still gonna be around. doesn't mean I don't face trials but every man has his own trial every woman uh, they have their own trial uh, the Lord just dropped a little nugget in my heart that I'll be preaching soon but every king has his burden every king has his burden oh I wish that I were oh I wish it was oh I no 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 you probably don't See, God doesn't give you somebody else's burden to carry. He gives you your burden to carry. I spoke with Brother Townley about this just today. I said, you know, we could wish that we were someone else, wish that we had someone else's uh, situation, whether it be a bigger church or a smaller church or uh, this or that. Man, can you just imagine if you had their circumstance? There was a gentleman that, that uh, kept wishing as a servant, I wish I were a king, I wish I were a king. And, and finally the king said, give me your garment and you take mine for a day. And so the servant gladly switched robes and approached the throne and sat down very quickly on the throne. And, and as he sat down, uh, relaxing, he swung his head up and fear shuddered through his body. As he saw right above him was a sword hanging right over his head. Hanging by just a hair. And what he couldn't see throughout the days as a servant, suddenly as a king, he realized even the king has a danger over him. Even the king has his own burden. So, I just want you to know, don't wish your life away. Don't wish your life away. Live today. Live in the moment. If you have your Bible, I would like for you to turn with me to the book of Philippians. And I feel like that I have so looked forward to preaching the Word tonight. I'll just be honest with you. Um, I have, in prayer, the Lord has just really touched me, been kind to me this week. And I really you'll just let me talk to you for a little while. Will you let me do that? Just let me talk to you from my heart. I feel the Lord 
feel like I'm breathing literally the the scent of heaven feel like that the Lord has set up his throne in this building just for us tonight Philippians chapter number 3 verse number 10 Paul is talking about his desire to serve Jesus he said I'm not interested in my own righteousness but verse 10 he said that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and in the fellowship of his suffering being made conformable unto his death if by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead not as though I had already attained either were already perfect but I follow after if that I may apprehend that for which also I am apprehended of Christ Jesus Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before, I press toward the mark of the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. I want to focus on um, verse 10, that I may know Him in the fellowship of His suffering being made conformable unto his death. God bless you. You may be seated. There are prayers that we pray and literally we don't always comprehend the depth of the prayer that we pray. Uh, who, I'm just a, just a nobody. When is it important that he would pay attention to me? But if you only knew how much Jesus really does pay attention to your prayers. How much He hears with an attentive ear that He hears each and every prayer that you pray. And so we begin to seek the Lord and, and uh, try to get closer to Him. It's as if sometimes uh, the old saying is all of hell would break out against you and it's almost as if why should I seek after the Lord why should I fast and why should I pray if after having done all that I can do I'm rewarded with a hell here on earth and oh God when those moments come if we could only comprehend that somewhere you may have prayed God let me know you in the fellowship of your suffering. And the Apostle Paul, who would in his right mind say, let me know Jesus Christ to the extent of his suffering. Uh, if you've read the Calvary scene, and if you've read the crucifixion uh, account in the Bible, who would in their right mind say, I want to know Jesus Christ on the level of Calvary. I want to know Him on the level of the rejection that He has experienced. I want to know Him. But in our prayer, and we say, Lord, Lord, I want to know You. But oh, how much of a weight does this begin to bear upon the ear of our God? As in Philippians chapter 3, He talks about, I, I want to know Him. Now, we can talk about knowing Him from a level uh, and identifying with Him 
But when Paul was talking about identifying with him, he was not speaking in a term that I could bear the burden of sin because no man can share with him that burden of sin. No man, no man. Jesus alone tread the winepress. And no man will pay the supreme sacrifice for sin. But humanity can become a martyr to the truth. And humanity can suffer things until they come to a level that in the mind of God, that all of a sudden their trauma and their sorrow is so great that they begin to associate and understand the suffering of Jesus Christ. This scripture so got a hold of my heart as I was praying one day and, and uh, it just overwhelmed me that I want to know Him. And if the suffering that I'm going through brings me to my knees, then it's bringing me in the right direction. If the suffering that I'm going through brings me to a tear-stained altar, then I'm headed in the right direction. Though I may be burdened and though I may be carrying a load that I have never carried before, it's carrying me in a right direction. It is pushing me toward that crucified Savior. It is I, I, I can identify Him when having given His all. He still was rejected. I, I can identify with it. When having loved with all of my heart and still uh, just being turned away on and, and being ridiculed and mocked and the things that, that this wonderful Savior that you and I serve that He experienced. And, and through life, the bumps and the knocks and the bruises, the things that we have experienced, uh, it begins to bring us closer to Him and and I, I was driving down the road just the other day, and as I was driving down the road, uh, I looked up and saw a great big billboard. And on this billboard uh, were the words, Me? Quit? Never. And that's what I want to preach to you about. Me? Quit? Never. And the Apostle Paul was writing, and he said, I, I want to tell you one thing. I'm pressing toward a mark. And I want to say it, he said, I am not apprehended, even though I am the Apostle Paul. I have not apprehended that for which has got a hold of me. See, there is something that has contacted me, that has got me in its grip, but I'm reaching for it. And he said, I want to know him and I will not stop. And a lot of times out of the anguish of our heart and out of the burden of our soul, sometimes we would say the words, why does life have to be so difficult? Why? Why does life have to be so hard? And in life, you can find that there's sadness and there is joy as well. Life will not only deal you sorrow, but life has the ability to deal you great, great joy. Losing as well as winning is a part of life. There's going to be a winning time and there's going to be a losing time. There's going to be a great harvest, and then there's going to be a famine. There's going to be a falling, and then there's going to be a standing upright upon your feet. There's going to be a time of hunger in your life, and then there will be a time of plenty in your life. There will be a bad time in your life, but there will be good times in your life as well. And we don't say these things or discuss these things to make a person's heart dread life or despair of life. But it is simply to understand that there is a reality to life, that there are tough times in life. 
and that life is a journey. It is not a one-day experience. Today may be sorrow, but tomorrow may be happiness. Sometimes you walk life in a light, and sometimes you walk life in a shadow. But always remember, if there is a shadow in your life, it is because that there is a light that is brighter than the object that is between you and the light. You did not ask to be here. You did not ask to be born. Uh, you have weaknesses and, and you have strength in your life. You have both, uh, both these two things in life. It's almost as if you've got a strength on one hand and a weakness on the other. And, and you wake up with a will to win, but also in you is also a willingness to lose. You, you want to hold on with everything within you, but, but yet there is also a side that say, I, I, I can't take anymore. I, I can't stand it anymore. Within you is the heart to feel compassion and to understand the situation, the circumstances. But also within us is the ability to have smallness and to be arrogant about the situation and say, you know what, I'm just not going to put up with it anymore. Within you is the ability to face life and to say, we can make it, we can win this fight. But also in you is the ability to turn away from the trials of life and say, I can't take it anymore. There are two sides to life, and that's what we're battling with in this place tonight. And I want to tell you, there is a fight here going on at Truth Tabernacle right now. I know it in the Spirit, and I have wanted to sing the song, and so I, I may have to lean on my wife right here right now, but we have a song that the children sing at Calvary Academy, and that song goes something like this. The fight is on at Calvary Academy. Stand Stand face to face in stern array, with armor gleaming and color streaming. The right and the wrong is engaged today. The fight is on, but be not weary. And in His might hold fast. If God be for us, Who'll be against us? I say the fight is on at Truth Tabernacle right now. I say there's good and there's evil. There's a battle. There's a will to win. There's a will to lose. There's a will to stay. There's a will to go. But I want to tell you something right now. Me? Quit? Never. Not on your life. Not on your life. I might fall, but I'm not quitting. You might hear I smoked a cigarette. But you won't hear I quit church. You, oh God, you may hear I fought a battle, but you're gonna hear he stayed till he won the fight. Oh hallelujah. You, you may, you may see tears streaming down my face because of a defeat, but you're gonna see me walk in this door with a smile on my face because I won a victory. You're gonna see me around here long enough. Oh hallelujah. Oh, I know it's going to be a battle sometime, but it's not going to be, oh, hallelujah, it's not going to be a defeat every time I come to church. I know it's going to be a burden sometime, but it's not going to be a burden every time I come into the house of the Lord. Why? Because be not weary in well-doing, for in due season you shall reap if you faint not. Turn to your neighbor and say, give up? Never. Quit? Never. Go back? Never. Never. Fight? Yes. Fight? Yes. Battle? Yes. Trial? Yes. Sorrow? Yes. But triumph is on the way. And victory is on the way. And there is salvation that is on the way. 
You will not carry your burden alone without the hand of the Lord slipping in. You won't go through your trial very long without the hand of the Lord slipping in. You won't walk through your valley too long without the hand of the Lord slipping in. Oh, hallelujah. I'm thankful that I've got a God who knows and cares and said my burden is easy. My yoke is light. Take my yoke upon you. This is something. Oh, hallelujah. If you've got a burden on you, it's not a burden that God has put there. Oh, you understand what I'm saying? If you've got a hard yoke in your life, it's not something that God has put there. God is not trying to wear you down. It is simply life that has placed a burden upon you. And whatever life has placed upon you, you've got a God that's able to lift it out. You've got a God that's able to bring you through it. Oh, hallelujah. This is not to destroy you. This is to make you stronger. This is to draw you closer. This is to let you know Him in the fellowship of His suffering. And that when you leave out of this trial, there's going to be a closer relationship. There's going to be a stronger faith. There's going to be an established walk in God. Oh, hallelujah. Somebody needs to hear me. Oh, me quit? Never. I might have a battle, but I didn't quit. You might find me struggling alone with some bullet holes in me, but you're going to see me show up at the finish line. Oh, hallelujah. Paul begins to write about all the things that he went through. All the things that he had to endure. Five times was he was he smitten. And, and he was beaten five times with 39 stripes save one. That's 195. I forget how many exactly stripes that were put upon his back. I, I reckon that's as many as Jesus maybe received. There was a, an identity there with the suffering of Jesus Christ. He was stoned. He was smitten. He was stricken. And the list goes on. But Paul said, I, I, I want to know Him, and if that is what is going to bring me closer to Him, then bring it on life. That's just life. That's just life. That's just something we have to go through. But oh, hallelujah, I'm glad to know it's just something that we just go through. It's not something I live in. It's not something I dwell in. It's just a moment in life. It's just one day in life. It's just one week in life. But there's a whole other part of the year that I can still rejoice. I can still shout. I can still dance. I can still talk in tongues. And if you think I'm going to make a lifelong eternal decision based on one day in my life, you got another thing coming, devil. You got another thing coming. I'm going to get up and do the same thing I did yesterday, and that's I'm going to pray, I'm going to fast, I'm going to seek the mind of God, and I'm going to go to church, and I'm going to have a Holy Ghost blow out, I'm going to seek the face of God, and I'm going to get the victory over this battle. Devil, you're not going to win. And if you think this is going to make me quit, you got another thing coming, because I'm still going to be here next week, and I'm going to be here Wednesday night, and I'm going to be here Sunday morning, and I'm going to be here Sunday night. Oh, hallelujah. Somebody else may have to find them. Oh, hallelujah. you got to hear what I'm saying. But devil, this is my place. This is my place. This is where I get my victory. And I'm not going to give up my victory. This is where I'm going to spend my eternity. I'm going to get my best while I'm here. There's truthfulness and there's lies. There's generosity and there's greed. And there's hate and there's love. And there's war and there's peace and there's despair and there's hope. There's grief, and there's comfort, and there's defeat, and there's victory, and there's weariness, and there's rest, there's death, and there is birth, and there's life. That is life. It's just life. It's just life. When you wake up in the morning, I'd love to tell you that life is not going to be there. 
but life is going to be there. And it looks like that, that which was a gentle breeze now has turned into a tornado in your life. I've been there. I understand it. What may have started years ago as just a, a gentle breeze now has become a tornado that's ripping through your life. Lipping, ripping through your family. Brother against brother. Sister against sister. Father against son. Son against father. Wife against husband. Husband against wife. Oh, hallelujah. I say this is life. This is life. But this is the enemy that wants to come in and to destroy your life. But I say unto you and the Holy Ghost, me quit? Never. Not in this life. Not in this life. Not in this life. Paul said it like this. He said, I fear lest after I have preached to others that I myself would become a castaway. He said, in other words, I fear that when I get to the end of life that I'm not going to be good enough and that He's going to cast me away. But there is one thing for sure, that He's going to have to throw me away. I'm not walking away. He he will. He's going to have to deal with me. He's going to have to say, well done. I'm going to show up and I'm going to be at the end of life. Oh, I wish to God there would be somebody that you know, it just it's just not even even a part of my vocabulary to quit. It's not even a part of my... Oh, hallelujah, my wife and I, we don't even discuss quitting serving God. We don't discuss quitting each other. You know why? She packs her bags, I'm going with her. Because she's... You know, it's just that kind of life. If God decides to leave, I'm going with Him. Hey, somebody's got to understand that this is just life. This is just a day. But you know what? We're looking at an eternity together. And we're going to enjoy being around the throne of God together. And it may be sadness to Today, but tomorrow it's going to be gladness. And you know what? He may cast me away, but I'm not going to walk away. You might find me staggering back toward the trail, but you won't find me headed away from the trail. You might find me dead on the trail, but you won't find me lost away from the trail. You might find me laying and pointing and dragging, and I'm trying to get back to the trail. I'm trying to get back to the church. I'm trying to get back to a prayer room. I'm trying to get back to a, a walk with God, but you're not going to find me walking away from God. No, 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 no. I know Him. I found something in the house of God that nothing's ever been able to compare with. And as David would say, my foot almost slipped, but when I got to the house of the Lord, oh hallelujah, he said, even though I've committed adultery, even though I've committed murder, hey, there's something in the house of the Lord I'm not walking away from. I can't leave what I found in the house of the Lord. Oh, I would to God somebody to hear me and would make up in your mind. Never will I ever quit. Never will I ever back away. He's been too good to me. I found something beautiful in the house of the Lord. I found something glorious in the house of the Lord. found something worth going back to. I found something worth living for. I found something worth dying for. I found something worth staying for. I found something worth fighting for. I found something that I couldn't lay down. I'm pressing. I'm reaching. I want to know Him. I want to know Him. Hey, the battle just brings me closer to Him. The battle just makes me want to pray. The battle just makes me want to fast. The battle just makes me want to seek God. Makes me want to do the will of God. And so I'm going to do the will of God regardless of the battle. 
Hey, I come in broken and battered, but I'm going out a resurrected man. I come out a, de- a defeated man, but I'm going out a victorious man. I came in here a corruptible man, but I'm going out an incorruptible man. I came in this place wounded, battered, and torn, but oh, hallelujah, one of these days, I'm going to hear him say, well done, I won't have any more burdens. I won't have any more trials. I won't have any, any more troubles between my brother, my sister, my father, my daddy, my wife, my husband. It won't be there no more. Oh, God. Oh, hallelujah. If we could only understand that the struggle that's in your life is perhaps the greatest gift that you've ever had in your life. We wish to do away with the struggle, but I'm reminded of that butterfly that is in that cocoon. And he's struggling to get out of that cocoon. And he's saying, I'm confined. I'm trapped. I feel struck. I don't know which way to turn. And there's a pulsing in his heart. And there's a beating in his soul. And he's flexing his wings, trying to breathe. Trying. I feel confined to where I'm at. Oh, hallelujah. This old fleshly man feels confined. I want to walk streets of gold. I want to know what it feels like to fly. I want to know what it's like to to lay my burden down. And lay this burden down. And lay, lay that trouble down. And, and wake up one morning with a resurrected body and in this our soul groaneth earnestly contending to be desired and to be clothed with that spiritual body that one day in a moment in the twinkling of an eye will be changed in a moment and I say everything I've been fighting everything I've been struggling with gone in a moment gone in a moment I say we'll be changed in a moment in a twinkling of an eye and I say you want me to quit now in the midst of the battle and miss out on the whole reason I've struggled all my life. No, 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 no. My cocoon is coming off. I feel like I'm about to fly. I feel like there's a burst of life that's about to break forth. And you think that now in the toughest moment, I'm going to quit? That just means I'm about to be born. I'm about to have a victory. I'm about to climb a mountain. The toughest part is right right before I, I break over. And when I break over, there's going to be a victory. There's going to be a growth. There's going to be a revival. There's going to be a growth in my marriage. A growth in my life. A growth in my church. A growth in my family. I say I'm not quitting now. And so I saw that great big billboard that said, Me quit? Never. And so I have been studying and reading. And I had read a story. And uh, the story talks about a, a mother that woke up one morning real early, October the 31st. And she uh, walks into her daughter's room around 5.30 and says, Come, wake up, let's go. And so the young girl wakes up and thinks about it and jumps out of bed. And at 5.30, she's excited. And so her and her mother walk outside to this old jalopy called the Blue Crush. And they hop inside of this vehicle. And it's an old van that's battered windows, cracked windows, trashy, dirty, and filthy. But they get in and head to their favorite place on the beach. It's not even daylight yet. And as they get into that uh, jalopy and make their way down, of course, the, the weather is beautiful. 
the sea is so calm and so they just pause and smell the freshness of the air. And it's a beautiful day and mother and daughter share the moment. They drive out to the point there on the beach and there are no waves today. And so they turn around and they try one more place to go to the beach because what they do for a living, they need some waves. And so she goes to another part of the beach and arriving at the other part of the beach, the waves are still again this day. And so they're about to head home when suddenly a vehicle drives up and, and out jumps two young men and a young lady. And uh, this one young lady is 13 and the friend is around 15. And so they're excited because she knows that she's not going to go home and do homework today. She's going to get to pedal around in the little area there off the beach. And even though there's no waves, they're just going to enjoy the sun and the fun because she is a professional surfer. And so she has uh, told her mother, I'll be home later. And mother leaves and the children stay. And they're in the water quite a ways away from the beach. And, and they're swimming in the water. And she is laying on her red, white, and blue surfboard. And her left arm is dangling there in the water. And all of her friends are there also swimming in with the tides, kind of doing the bodyboard thing. And suddenly out of the flash, out of the corner of her eye, she has, since the age of six and seven, she has been surfing. Her mother and daddy literally moved from the States. Dad moved from the States to be a bomb. And he moved over to Hawaii and lived in a cardboard shack just so that he could be a surfer. And his her mother did the same thing, moved away and was a waitress, uh, moved to California. And they lived among, among the bombs and the hippies, and they were surfers. And so these two got married and had, a, had this daughter. And here she is, dedicated her whole life to be a surfer. And she's been in competition after competition. She's won these competitions. And now... The day has come and she's out floating and she's just relaxing on a beautiful day. It's just another day, but really, really it's a rest day. And she sees a flash out of the corner of her eye and suddenly she feels a tug on her arm. And she looks over and she sees a a shark has gotten her arm and her board in its mouth. And she feels a tug, a tug, and suddenly it was gone And she looks down and she realizes my arm is gone. In just that brief moment, arm and her, her, her board, literally a big bite was taken out of that board. And, and she said she realized that if I'm going to make it, I have to get back to shore. And I saw the pictures. It was a long way from where she was to get back to the shore. But she began to paddle with that one arm saying, if I'm going to live, i got to get back to the shore. i got to get back to the shore. And she said the water surrounded her. And it was red. And it was bloody. And she didn't know if she would make it back to the shore. And, and she paddled and paddled and paddled. And, and there was a reef there that if, if, if the water was not swashing over they would have to go the long way around but when they got to that reef the wave just took them over it and it was just a miracle to them that they made it over the reef and they finally made it to shore making it to shore they didn't know if she would live and so they they put a a tight thing around her arm to stop the flow of the blood and and suddenly there was a medic and it was quite some time before she made it to the hospital and she was in extended surgery 
And the first day that she woke up and she realized that everything I've worked for to be a surfer now, it looks like it's just destroyed. I won't be able to live past this battle uh, and, and really continue to surf. I may live, uh, that was even in question, but, but I won't be able to continue to do what I have done all of my life. I won't be able to continue to compete in all of these competitions. And for one day, she had those thoughts in her mind. And then she said at the end of that one day, suddenly there was something that changed on the inside of her. And she made up her mind, I will compete again. Even if it's with one arm, I'm going to compete. And I just have to tell you that when I looked up on that great big billboard and it said, me quit never. The person that happened to be on that billboard was that little 13-year-old girl that was standing there with one arm around a surfboard with a big bite out of that surfboard and with one arm gone and she was still competing in her competitive sports because there was something that was in her that simply said, me quit Never. I may have to swim back to shore with one arm. I may have to swim with on a boogie board or on a surfboard that's been a hunk, has been bit out of it. You may find me straggling up on shore on broken pieces of my life, but there's one thing for sure. When the, when the, when the bell rings, you're going to find me still in the ring. I'm still going to be punching. I'm still going to be fighting. I'm still going to be dancing. I'm still going to be there. And if you think I'm going to quit over just a bite, If you think I'm going to quit just over a fight, if you think I'm going to quit over just a day of discouragement, over a moment of discouragement, over a period of time, no, 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 no. This is not what determines my life, but it is my heart that determines my life. And my will to fight and my will to live is greater than the wound that has happened in my life. And my will to live is greater than the will to destroy me. Shark, you may, oh hallelujah, she didn't know if the shark was coming back, but she knew she had to get back to shore. I don't know if your enemy's going to come back. It may be a one-time bite, and he may leave, but I want to tell you something right now. you got to get back to shore. you got to get back to the altar. you got to get back to prayer. you got to get back to a dedication with God. There's still life in you, and you can't give up over that one bite. You can't give up over that one moment. you got to keep serving God. Oh, God. Too much flood and too much sunshine can cause a drought. Difficult experiences, whether there's sadness, loss, hunger, illness, death, rarely occur because you invited it into your life. It just intrudes. But when life places hardships in your path, it always offers you an opportunity to gain strength. And to get help. And to get closer to God. This is life's greatest gift. It's not easy to think of the troubles in your life as the gift. It's not easy to think of this as the blessing. It's not easy for us to think that perhaps this is drawing me closer to God. But we can make it if we'll just keep living moment by moment. Day by day. One day at a time. I'm going to wake up 
And I'm going to keep on serving Him. And I'm going to pray. And He's going to draw me closer to Him. And at the end of these moments, and at the end of these days, and at the end of this, I'm going to look back and say, I'm stronger because of this trial. I'm going to look back and say, it was the greatest gift of my life because of what I had to face. If there were no falling in your life, how would you know how to stand? If there was no hunger, how would you know how to appreciate the abundance if there was no finality of death how would you know how to appreciate life and i'm saying sometimes there is a struggle and the struggle is the greatest gift in your life strength can come strength can come i said strength can come into your life strength can come by facing the storms of life from knowing what it feels like to lose from feeling sadness and heartache and falling into the depths of 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 grief and despair, out of that, suddenly you can stand and face the storm. And in the storm, you suddenly feel Him like you never felt Him before. Be strong in the Lord, the Bible says. And in the power of His might, be strong, taking one step toward the top of the hill, no matter how weary you may be. One step at a time. Letting the tear fall when you feel the grief. But keep walking. It means keep looking for the answer even in the darkest of despair. Cling to hope for one more heartbeat, one more sunrise. Each step, no matter how difficult, is one step closer to the top of the hill. To the top of the hill. To the top of the hill. Even... The weakest step in the face of adversity is still stronger than the fierce storm in your life. One step. One step toward an altar. One step in prayer. Still greater than the storm in your life. You're wading through it. You're pressing through it. And in the middle of it, that's where you're going to get to know Him. I want to share a story with you. It is not one I read on a billboard. But it's one that I have experienced personally in my life. And if you will bear with me on this personal experience, I, uh, I, I have been touched in my life by many things. This is one of those that has changed my life. And I'll never forget the phone call that came to me this, this day. And I was made aware that one of the young men that we had served and one that we had been with for many years... Uh, His dad was cleaning an 18-wheeler, taking the signs off the side of the truck, had gas and was wiping it off, and had a torch that was laying nearby. And the dad had walked away to talk with the gentleman, and there was a bowl of gas setting upon the ladder. And and there uh, the the gas bowl was setting on the ladder, and, and the young man was had a torch in his hand and was working with the torch. And he backed up against that ladder and that gas fell down upon his head and covered his body. And with that torch in his hand, he became literally uh, a torch and burst into flames. And and when they called us, they said that 90% of his body was burned. I'm talking about 11-year-old, beautiful, beautiful, beautiful boy. Blonde hair, blue eyes, special, a special child. And I don't understand why that happened. I'll just be honest with you. 
And there are things I can't give you a reason why they happen in your life. But when I heard that story, my not when they called me and we began to pray for him, I couldn't help but remember that in chapel one day, the Lord began to move on him. And at the age of five, he came to that altar and he began to weep and cry and weep and cry. And I walked down to that altar and put my arm around him about right here. And I knelt down behind him and I put my arm behind him. And he had lain backwards over my arm and began to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost, speaking with other tongues. A beautiful five-year-old, blonde-haired, blue-eyed, beautiful little boy, praying through, speaking in tongues, weeping and crying, weeping and crying. And I just held him, and he just laid back, speaking in tongues. Experienced with God. Beautiful, beautiful. Took him to church, and Brother Odom baptized him. And he was so small that that when he got into the baptismal tank, he he just floated. And so he just hung on to the little little glass there, and he he just hung on because he couldn't stand. He was too small. And Brother Odom just took him by his shirt front and just shoved him under the water. And uh, again, that night, he just talked in tongues and talked in tongues. And at the age of five, and I get a phone call at the age of 11. Now, he's been burned 90% of his body. That mother loved kids. She had three. That mother sacrificed like you wouldn't believe that she, she was the teacher at the school. She kept them as her own kids. And here's this little man burned to a crisp. His nose burnt, ears gone. And this is my my girl's friend, Chaston. And uh, I, I keep his little card in my truck. Chaston Elsie, March the 29th, 1994, died April the 25th, 2005. But on the way to the hospital... When that little body is burning, literally his shirt has burnt. He is just completely 90% burned. But on the way to that hospital, he begins to, what mother thought, talk out of his head. And he was shaking. And she tried to get his chest. Stop. Stop, chest. Stop. Settle down. And he turned to her and he said, Stop, mom. The Lord is blessing me. And he began to speak in other tongues. And he began to talk in tongues and all the way to that hospital. That little boy that was burned 90% of his body. Says, Hold up, Mama. The Lord is blessing me right now. And they said they would lean over his bed and he couldn't talk to them, but, but they'd see his little tongue. As they'd begin to pray and he'd begin to speak in tongues. Couldn't do anything else, but he could speak in tongues. Oh, I feel like that there's somebody that feels like you're going through the greatest hurt in your life, but I've come to tell you the Lord can bless you right in the middle 
of your greatest trial. Can you say, I know it's bad, but stop, stop long enough to let me tell you the Lord is still good and He's still great and, and I'm not going to quit now. And, and this trial that I'm going through is just letting me know Him in a way that I have never known Him. And if this is what it takes to know Him in the fellowship of His suffering, then be it done, be it done unto me, Lord, if I can just fellowship with You in Your suffering. Lord, I don't have an answer, God. I don't know why. Let us stand together right now and I want us to just lift our hands. No, I don't have an answer. No, I don't know why that 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 little boy had to lose his life. I don't know why why life deals as cruelty, but, but oh, hallelujah, I can just say it like this. At his funeral, there were truck drivers because because that's what his dad was, a big truck driver. And, and there were 18-wheelers that were lined up along the freeway. And there were long-haired, beard, and, and there were just rough-looking critters that got to hear the gospel preached to them on that funeral. I don't know why life deals with some tough blows, but I can say with an assurance that there's going to be enough good that's going to that's gonna happen in your life that you don't have to give up and, and you don't have to quit. You'll just have to trust the Lord to carry you through the trial that you're going through now and I just want to say to you right now be quit never 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 these altars are open these altars are I may have a battle with sin, but I'm not quitting.